There was a time above, a time before. There were perfect things, diamond absolutes. But things fall, things on earth. And what falls is fallen. Next time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. The bat is dead. Bury it. Consider this mercy. Tell me. Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. This is Bad Movie Brunch, episode number one with Katie Grotzinger. Say hi. Hi. All the way from LA. And me, Luke Taylor, here in Chicago. Um, Katie, what is Bad Movie Brunch in your own words? (laughs) Bad Movie Brunch is a podcast where we talk about movies that like maybe aren't considered to be good movies, but like we enjoy for whatever reason. Sure. And sometimes we won't. And there's some movies that I just downright hate that we're going to review. But I think, I think it's important just to sort of break down the origin. Me and Katie went to DePaul in Chicago. Shout out to the demons. And we took screenwriting classes and we bonded over our mutual love, respect, and hatred for certain films. Uh, What was the first one, Katie? The first one, we were sitting in class and uh, I I didn't know anybody. I I was very new to Chicago and we had, I think it was like the second class. Right. And there was a question like, what are some good road trip movies? (laughs) And I'm very shy, so I just kind of like whispered like, fanboys and then luke with his superhuman hearing turned and was like you too hey were you just talking about jay baruchel back there it's like hey Mm -hmm. i love dan fogler and jay baruchel yeah (laughs) oh it was a moment it was a moment we shared and in that moment we we knew we would be best friends for life (laughs) um cool so the first episode if you didn't get it from my very pensive opening monologue uh is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I think it's important that we do the theatrical cut because then later on I can slag the fuck out of it when I talk about the differences in the <laughs> Ultimate Edition compared to. Um, but I guess the first thing I'll say is, Katie, do you like this movie? Oh, my God. That's such a complicated question. It is. It is. And that's why I'm asking. Okay. So the first time that we saw this movie, I think it was like your third time that you oh, saw it in easily, theaters. Easily, easily, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I have, I, I can't remember the last time I was so angry watching a movie. <laughs> like I could not wait for it to be over. I just hated it with every fiber of my being. And then over time, and then I, it, I think I bummed you out because I hated it so much. Oh, absolutely. But then over time, you're like, no, we should rewatch it. And I'm like, okay, but only with alcohol. <laughs> So then we found this drinking game, uh, and this is actually the first time I've seen it sober since the many times we've seen this movie. Me too. It, it is a trip. Weird. It was weird to watch it sober, actually, uh, especially yeah. the theatrical. Do you, Can you, like, off the top of your head, do you remember the drinking game? We did, me and Katie used to always, we had Sunday brunches, and that's why this is Bad Movie Brunch, where Sundays we would meet up up in Rogers Park, we would go to church, we would have post-mass brunch, usually consisting of 7-Eleven Big Gulps and other <laughs> such snacks, and we would double feature movies, sometimes bad, sometimes good. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there was The Spectacular Now, uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower double feature, where I cried deeply. 
<laughs> we did we did the trill one day where we did Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer, and Josh Trang's Fan Four Stick. That was tough. Oh god, that was a hard uh, day. But the <laughs> but the BVS drinking game, it was like, uh, drink anytime you hear the name Bruce Clark. <laughs> Drink if you they say God. Finish your drink when Clark idles hov- like ho- hovers idly. Yeah. Uh, anytime Clark somebody says, walks the rubble. <laughs> somebody walks. <laughs> anytime the word Gotham is shown or said. Um, yeah. Anytime Metropolis is said, and then we get into like the shit where it's like anytime the monster does an energy blast, it's like finish your yeah. drink. It's like, it's like, oh, no. There's like four of them. Like, like God damn it. <laughs> Okay. I remember one time we, we were trying to do BVS before my mom was supposed to visit, <laughs> and I had to stop because I was like, I will be way too hungover to pick my mom up from the airport. Look, it's 4 a.m., and Katie's had a bottle and a half of Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't She's got to pick up her mom from LAX. Was it LAX? Is that when we were out there? It was LAX, okay. which is a nightmare airport. All airports are nightmare airports, but LAX is like the nightmare of nightmare airports. <laughs> It's a it's a night it's a nightmare port, All right. yeah. And here we exactly. are. And here we port are. Port of nightmares. <laughs> okay, so I guess off the top of your head, just with your gut, because it took you a long time to come around in this movie. What is it about it that made you finally find its merits? What is it about it that you kind of like? Can you elaborate a little? Okay. Well, um, I, the, the, what I tell people, and this is true, is that you just kind of broke me down. Yeah. Like we yeah. watched it so many times and you're so enthusiastic about it Oh yeah. and you just love it so much. And there's something about your passion. And occasionally there are things that I'm like, Oh God, that was goofy or that was weird. Like, um, like there's, there's when Lex puts the, uh, <laughs> the Jolly Rancher. Yeah. The Jolly Rancher in that it's guy's cherry. mouth. It's just like, what is going on? And I feel like, and I know you want to talk about Lex, but I, but watching this movie, especially the first time, I was like, is Jesse Eisenberg in the same movie that we're watching? No. Or is he like in a completely different movie? Uh, he's because, he's in a league of his own in that movie. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But he, he He's so obviously evil and like off of his rocker and he can't even speak publicly even though he's the CEO of this corporation. Uh, and it, it, like, why? What is going on? But I, I guess, I mean, none of this is a real answer. So to try to be more direct, I can appreciate it for what it is. And you've described it to me as that, like, it may not be a good movie for most people, but it's a good comic book. Oh, my and, God. Totally. Yeah. That description, I think, helped me appreciate it a lot more because I can see, like, how scenes go together and what they were going for and what they were pulling for. It's still, like, not something I would say is good, but I would come to appreciate it a lot more now. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, long ago I had to come to terms with, uh, you know, comic book movies need to be, in my opinion, judged a little differently. I mean, yeah, sure, there's the film breakdown. Like, how does this stand up as a film? And if we're looking at Batman v Superman, we'll dig into it. There's, I mean, for instance, there's two third acts of this movie, as we both can agree <laughs> and we'll elaborate yeah. on. Um, there's just so much wrong i guess in terms of film but i remember it was when amazing spider-man 2 came out and uh i didn't like amazing spider-man 1 very much because it was like right on the heels of spider-man 3 which sucked and spidey's my favorite hero i thought they were doing a disservice i thought it was a money grab and it kind of was in my opinion 
But then Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, and I walked out of the theater like, oh, shit, that was fun. Oh, what a fun <laughs> what a fun web-slinging time. And then everybody hated it. Like, everybody absolutely hated it. And I was like, yo. I was like, yo, here's the thing, man. That was the best on-screen suit we'd seen. That was, like, some Gwen Stacy iconic death shit, seeing her just, you know, snap. Like, they were covering some some Spidey lore. We had, like, a weird third act, like, Rhino, that was Paul Giamatti. Like, that was like, yo, that may have been a bad movie, but it was the best comic book you ever read. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I stand by that. Um, I know not everybody will agree. But, yeah, you know, to me, th- there's so much about this movie that is just so batshit crazy and weird that's, that people would just you'd never expect them to do or try like mm-hmm. say you're say you're Zack Snyder and okay. you just you just man, made Man of Steel and they hired you after like 300 and Watchmen and all this stuff WB's like this is going to be our guy to kick off our universe to compete with Marvel uh and you made Man of Steel and it was you know it wasn't well received I mean it was it was <laughs> it was I mean except for by me I think it's a I think it's I, I think it's fantastic but like critics didn't like it uh, and mo- a lot of fans didn't like it. And then there was that weird, like, torch-carrying audience, like me and like ten other people on the internet. Like, what? Do you got? Don't you? Don't you guys understand? It's just, it's just a take. This isn't. It's just a take. This is his idea. Like, it's okay. And everyone's like, no, fuck that. We want uh, Superman to be Christopher Reeve, and we want D- Dean Cain. And actually, I don't know. Did anybody like Dean Cain's <laughs> Clark and Lois show? <laughs> That's a good question. I remember they had that comic book men show where they're doing the anniversary of Superman, and the, like they got Dean Kane, and I'm like, that was your get. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, no offense to Dean Kane, I guess I'm not like he'll ever listen to this, but like I would at least go like Tom Welling or like you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. But whatever. But the thing I like about it is just like it's not a direction I would take, and like Snyder did this thing. <laughs> it's just so unique. Like, he's not infallible by any means, but there's no mistaking his vision. Like, you see a Zack Snyder movie, and you know that's a Zack Snyder mo- movie. And for God's sake, like, I'd rather watch some person's, like, specific vision and idea and take on a character, while it may not be the quintessential take on it, if it's interesting and new and unique and not like, you know, that movie is not like other comic book movies we've gotten. Like, Man of Steel hits beats that we've seen while also deviating and being its own kind of thing. And we're not talking about Man of Steel. But Batman v Superman does like, I just never know what's going to happen. And how often <laughs> does that happen? Like Marvel, the MCU and Marvel is borderline infallible. They've made, you know, billions of dollars, tons of success. Everybody loves them. Everybody respects them. Me included. My God, Infinity War is, I'm going to see it 10 times. I'll pay to see it. I work at a movie theater and I'll pay to see it. I don't care. Like it's going to be fantastic. But the thing Marvel does is their movies often feel a little uh, cookie cutter in terms of their plots, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Even like really good ones, like Black Panther is a great movie, but like it's like the sixth time in the MCU we've seen like doppelganger villain that was slighted as a child, and like now it's we've got you know Iron Man one was Iron Man versus another Iron Man, and then Iron Man two was Iron Man versus basically another Iron Man with whips, and then you know <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man three was like kind of the Incredibles plot uh like you know I mean it's just we've seen it a lot this movie is like well the villain is Lex I would say um and Uh, and, I thought that you had a different idea and who else is the villain of this movie Katie (laughs) that do you know what's funny is we see this movie uh Luke pauses it right when this guy comes on and he goes arguably the villain of the film 
It's debatably the villain of the movie. Uh, and you know what I found out? I feel like such a fool. Like, I can't even claim to love this movie or DC Comics because that that dude is playing a character from the comics, KG Beast. Really? Like, that yeah. Guy's he's KG Beast. He's the, he's the DC Extended Universe's KG Beast. We should probably explain who he is or when he appears in the movie. Okay. Let's just do it. Yeah, let's dig into the plot a little. Fuck it. Okay. Um. So we open up and it's like, we open on the beautiful like soliloquy of uh, of uh, Bruce Wayne, and uh, we see for the hundredth time on screen uh, Joe T- Joe Chill cap his parents in Crime Alley, and um, although I'd say the artsiest version, it's beautiful. Um, and then we're in like Nairobi, Africa, and I don't really know why. And like Lois is on some sort of journalistic endeavor where she's talking to some, like, maybe terrorist, some sort of warmonger, and we're introduced to, all too briefly, Jimmy Olsen, uh, who gets yeah. sh- shot <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Let's talk about that for Are a second, actually. CIA, like, for yeah. some reason. Has that ever been a thing? It's okay, Lois. No, uh, it's uh, ab- absolutely not. No, that's a Zack Snyder. That, but that's what I'm talking about. Off the bat, that's Zack Snyder's Jimmy Olsen. We're not, we're not going to fuck around and be like, hey, I'm Superman's old pal and I take pictures. It's like, let's just kill him. Let's just introduce him and make him a badass CIA agent. Like, who cares? We don't have time. We got to put Wonder Woman in this movie later on. We don't got time for Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> but he, di- he dies a hero's death. But we're introduced to KG Beast and he's just like ripping up Jimmy Olsen's camera and finds that weird little track blinking tracking device thing. Yeah. I mean, like, why would, why would you have it blink? Yeah, it, it does blink. And it's like, what else could it possibly be? <laughs> CIA Jimmy Olsen. Like if I rip open your camera, like you're not doing a convincing job telling me, no, no, you'll expose the film. But he's like, he's acting he's so shitty. And then like, <laughs> he gets like, he pulls it out and just like, uh, we're CIA, but Lois doesn't know anything. It's okay, Lois. And then he just gets like shot in the face by <laughs> by KG Beast and the others. Uh, Tastefully cut away, though. You well, gotta give him that. Yeah, like, at like, least. we didn't have to see the impact. I guess we didn't have to see the impact because we couldn't because it's like PG thirteen. But like, if it, I was noticing yesterday for the first time that in the opening ten minutes of that movie, we have seen two people get shot in the face. Yeah, like, because Thomas Wayne intense. gets capped, but then. Martha Wayne absolutely gets shot in the face. Like, yeah, yeah like I mean, we've got the the gun and the in the pearls, and just she's blown away. And then Jimmy Olsen gets blown away and right in front of Lois. It's like, oh my god! And then KG Beast is like sort of like lingering throughout the movie as like this, just like villainous pawn of Lex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, debatable. After Bruce does his weird fight club thing, and they're just hanging out at the bar because he thinks he's like the white Portuguese or whatever, or that he'll lead them to the white Portuguese. He's bringing a dirty bomb into He's just talking about this this Russian ballerina that he banged. It's just like the weirdest moment. Like, why? One night with a Russian ballerina, that was the only thing she taught me. Not yeah, all, I think. And I'm like, word. Yeah. KG Beast gets it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe we should just let's just turn this movie sucks. No, I'm just gonna. <laughs> the episode's over. No, uh, let's let you know. Okay, so here's what it sort of screams to me. It's okay. like, so you have Man of Steel, and you know people don't like it or whatever, and then you have this movie, which is just like a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre like amalgamation of like studio calls mixed with Snyder's vision with like Chris Terrio co-penning the script with Goyer, and. It reminds me a lot of like 
remember when like Batman, like I mean, obviously we weren't even alive when the first Batman came out, but then they did Batman Returns, and WB was like, oh no. <laughs> and then they like brought in Schumacher to do like Batman Forever. That is what they yeah. did. That is like absolutely what just Joss Whedon is the new Joel Schumacher and Justice League. Oh, God. Justice League is the Batman Forever of our time. Uh, it is like, you know what I mean? Like they're just like, no, we don't. This movie's too dark, Zach. Like we're, we're, people are getting shot in the face and like Superman just got gored through the chest and like. <laughs> Like Bruce Wayne and Alfred are alcoholics in this movie. Oh yeah, like, it's really bad. It is like also, terrifying. Um, really quick, uh, we got to talk about Ben Affleck. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just um, let's just jump right into the treatment of of Bruce Wayne and Batman in this flick. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm actually weirdly pro Ben Affleck in this movie because me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> because if. Like, there's this meme going around that's kind of like the new sad Keanu, where uh, Ben Affleck is just kind of looking into the distance, like his soul has just been crushed, oh, and he, yeah. like, has a cigarette in his hand. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's how I picture Batman. Like, at his, on his day-to-day, he's just, like, this soul-crushed dude that, like, does the thing because he feels like he has to do the thing. Absolutely. So him being Batman doesn't really bother me. And he, he kind of has these weird smiles throughout the film. Like, every once in a while, he has a twitch, like, when that guy calls him boss. Oh, yeah. Superman just fucking up the city and his legs are just totally busted. And then he's like, you're the boss, boss. boss, And Ben Affleck just kind of has this little smirk. And I'm like, there it there it is. All right. Oh, my mm. God. Yeah, I'm all all about uh, this Bruce Wayne. And like it is not your daddy's Bruce Wayne. It's not your granddaddy's Bruce Wayne. And it is not a Bruce Wayne that your child should look up to. Um, no, this no, is a Bruce Wayne battered by life, just like hampered with like a man God complex. Like, what does it mean to be man? And like, t- if I'm to understand the timeline, he was retired, and then the events of Man of Steel brought him out of retirement. Um, like his, Wayne financial getting smashed up was like the first thing to make him like suit up again. Uh, but then I don't know. It's hard to say because we have a flashback, and then we have a cutaway and then we have an 18 months later cutaway and uh all other stuff but that being said i'm all for it the costume is my favorite batman costume on screen like Zack snyder is a frank miller disciple he's like i'm gonna do dark knight returns and i don't care who's gonna stop me and like we get the dark knight returns minus the underwear and the suit looking a little bit more like duct tape in this movie um Mm -hmm. but we've got you know, a Batman who's just given up on the ideals of Batman. Like he's gone off the rails. Like he's 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 branding criminals in the street so they'll get yeah. like destroyed in prison. Like and albeit, yeah, he's he's rounding up, you know, child molesters and human traffickers and like horrible people, but he's like, you know, serving as judge, jury and executioner. Uh, going around and killing fools. He's popping pills and like downing wine bottles, not like nonstop. Like he, there's that when he wakes up at like not even the Batcave, but like that weird like underwater like Batcave, like that cool ass swanky apartment where like yeah. Alfred's all like, "I hope the next generation of Waynes won't inherit an empty wine cellar." Not that there's likely to be a next generation. That's my Jeremy Irons. <laughs> and um, yeah, and and he's all like, "Cool, here's." maybe another Russian ballerina in bed, nameless. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. Let me just drink this like old nasty glass of wine. <laughs> like every, and then like Alfred's like drinking whiskey in lots of scenes. Like they're just boozing. Like he's just given up on life. 
So not a not a role model, and he's breaking the Cardinals in. Like this is just like how many? It's probably what three years removed from Dark Knight Rises, four maybe. And like mm-hmm. the whole point of that trilogy was just like no guns, no killing, <laughs> and like Batman murders people in this movie. Like not just like murder, like he murders too many people to take names. Like he's killing everybody in this movie. Like there's guns on the Batmobile. There's like guns on the Batwing. There's guns set up to blow away Superman. Like it's it's insane. Like he's 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 unhinged and all in the name of um, all in the name of you know stopping this alien from you know destroying the Earth because he does see him as a threat. But here's why he's seen as a threat because Bruce is not the Bruce Wayne of the comics in this movie wherein he's the smartest guy in the room. The smartest guy in the room in this movie is Lex. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you agree? Oh, God. It, that's hard to say because they definitely set up Lex as like this ultimate chess master where he like manipulates these two ridiculously oh, yeah. powerful dudes to like destroy each other. Oh, yeah. But like, oh, God. I, oh, it's hard to... It's hard for me to call anybody in this movie, like, really smart. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fair. Let me, uh, let, me, let me just throw down a hot take. Okay. A lot of people don't like Lex Luthor in this movie. A lot of people don't like Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of Lex in this movie. But hear me now, one and all. Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman is maybe the best villain ever in a comic book movie and certainly better than any villain in an MCU film fight me like the MCU. Okay. Okay. How, how again? Cause it feels like to me, he's in a completely different movie. Like he, I feel like he's like an actual cartoon character, Oh yeah. but he's been thrust into like this very gritty universe. So like, he'll like go on these weird monologues and he'll like harass people and like be kind of like, violent just smacking tables in front of senators and like shoving uh candy into people's mouths and just being generally weird but like nobody says anything about it like nobody's like (laughs) that's actually a weirdly bizarre point because lex's dialogue in this movie is otherworldly like this is a he he's (laughs) he came from alice in wonderland or like and like just like hopped into batman v superman like the stuff he says is like truly bizarre but it's what he it's what he does that defines him mm-hmm. a la christian bale in the dark knight trilogy uh so let's look at it a little bit okay Le- lex is playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers in this movie he pits superman against batman by like uh you know like the bat brand is the one thing that like oh i see that on the news i'm i'm clark and i see that on the news and i hate batman a little bit and like he starts to like sort of turn that table he pits batman against superman with like the whole wally he like with he's the person that withholds all of wally's like wayne financial like uh checks and like makes his life turn to shit and then you know the opening of the film he's the one that had kg beast and his personal security in africa like that was the whole thing that kicked off the film. Like, did Superman kill these men in Africa? And, like, why was Superman interfering in this sort of matter to begin with? That's because Lex knew Superman would come and fuck shit up because Lois, being ever the journalist, was going to go there. And he's so he's smart enough, unlike the rest of the world that doesn't seem to associate that Clark Kent without glasses as Superman, is 
you know, is, you know, going to go to Lois always. Like, he's always going to go to Lois, and that's the first thing where he's going to get the world to hate Superman. So he's pitting the Batman against Superman. He's pitting the world against Superman, all from, like, the opening minutes. He convinces a politician to grant him access to the Kryptonian ship crash site. He gets access to Zod's body and shoves a Jolly Rancher in that dude's mouth. <laughs> importantly he gets he gets one over on uh on on senator holly hunter on like junior senator from kentucky like she's she's all like anti-superman but to like a political point she's all like the world needs to know what he stands for and like all that (laughs) stuff and like totally like the scene the scene the scenes they share are bone chilling especially upon rewatch when you know what's going to happen like he meets her and like He's like, oh, ha, ha, I'm Lex Luthor and I'm a good guy. And like, uh, you know, my dad grew up in East Germany and, uh, you know, uh, I've got this idea for a Kryptonian deterrent. And they're like, well, you know, the only Kryptonian we have is Superman and we like him. He's truth, justice in the American way. And he's like, ah, no, this guy is a monster and I'm going to kill him and we should be able well, to kill him. That's the thing that I think is really interesting about how he plays this. Yeah. Again, having seen this movie like a billion times. Yeah. So like... um. When they say, well, that's just Superman, and he goes, ah, ah Superman. Yes, he does Superman. that weird motion with his hand, but, but, and but, he, he kind of restrains himself. I mean, you can see it in his face that he's just like, that dude is dead. But, like, he he makes it seem like, no, I'm doing good for society. Oh, because, yeah. That's like, the pitch. That's the pitch. Monsters totally. don't come from the ground. They oh, come from the God. sky. You and it's, it's a weirdly compelling argument. Yeah. And I guess that's what, to your point, makes him kind of a, an interesting and good villain. But like, oh God, he just does it all so cartoony. It is, it is, it is cartoony. I I fully agree. Um, But like, yeah, that like play and the way he is around people and the way he manipulates is like, I mean, should Batman be manipulated so easily? No, that's not a very, you know, quintessential Batman thing. But this is the story we're getting. And in this universe, it makes sense. Um, You know, the scene where... They, they they share the scene and she's just like I'm blocking the import license I'm Lex I'm not going to give you the import license to bring this in like you know I understand you had that really you had that really cool thing you said about you know uh, forging a silver bullet and you know I don't want my kids to be like your dad in Nazi Germany I get it but you're also kind of a freak and I see that she's like she's the one person who's like you're kind of a freak Lex and uh, I know that you're doing this <laughs> ju- like you're you're doing this just to kill Superman you're not doing this as national security it's selfish it's for selfish gain so like the mm-hmm. scene where they they share in his like dad's old study and he's like I left it just the way dad left it like yeah, yeah, the magical thinking of orphan boys and he's all you know look you're going to you're going to work with me here and she's like no I'm not and does the whole like yo you can call me a you can call a, take a bucket of piss kick, yeah take a bucket of piss and call it granny's iced tea or whatever and then when he peach tea I think peach tea, tea that's what it is yeah and then when like when they meet at the capitol Oh my God. Like, just, yeah. like, just like, you're going to be on the hot seat in there, June bug. And like, she trips Ooh. out. Like she knows she's yeah. about to die. So like he takes Wally manipulates, manipulates Bruce Wayne by stealing those checks and then makes Wally think he's been slighted by Wayne, by Superman, by the world. Then he's like, Hey, I'll take care of you. Cause you don't know that I've been fucking your life up. Here's a fancy new chair. It's lead line. So Superman can't see the bomb in it that I just set up to blow up the Capitol building and further turn the world against Superman. <laughs> like, and another thing he does 
that's different than most villains we see in comic movies is we just spend a lot of time with just Lex. Like, we spend a lot of time with Lex, like, plotting. We spend a lot of time with Lex without the titular characters around him. Like, yeah, what, that's like, true. Like, even even when, like, we finally get, like, Clark and Bruce in the party at Lex's, like, big party, where which is another brilliant move of him to, like, you know, bring them together. Um, he He doesn't, like, they're not in costume. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. Like, I don't think that, I don't think Bruce and Clark... Superman and Batman do not see one another in costume until an hour and four minutes into Batman v <laughs> Superman: Dawn of Justice. God, this movie is so long. It, I know, <laughs> and hey, that's a fault. I, I'm, I'm here to say that's a fault. <laughs> like, I it blew my mind yesterday when they finally had like the, oh, I'm gonna take this son of a bitch down. Like that son of a bitch brought the fight to us, and like they have like that whole chase through uh, the Port of Gotham, and like after the 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 bomb and all that shit and Clark's just there and like they finally stand off in front of the 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 Batmobile and I paused it because I'm like this is the first time in Batman (laughs) v Superman that Batman v's Superman (laughs) and it is an hour and four minutes into the flick (laughs) but back to Lex uh so not only so after he after he blows that place up and gets rid of all that and turns the world further against Superman, he gets Zod's fingerprints to gain access to the mainframe of the Kryptonian ship, assumes command of the ship, and imbues himself with knowledge from over a hundred thousand different species. Then, on a creative note, Lex invented the names and logos of the Justice League's metahumans. Like that is super weird. According to marketing team, <laughs> according to the DCEU, Lex invented these with the ham-fisted thumb drive scene, where because <laughs> it's got surveillance footage of all of them, it has a file for each of the heroes with their respective symbol. So he's not he's not only sinister, but he's quite creative and like gifted in terms of graphic design. Well, like he just has such a hate boner for metahumans. Oh yeah, like that. Like the whole his whole motivation, he's like, because uh, he tries to play it off like my dad. You don't want to wave flowers at dictators like my dad mm-hmm. had to do. Yeah. But really, it's just like people are these people are powerful, and I'm really pissed off that I can't be as powerful as these people. Absolutely. Then his obsession just takes him like this weird route. And you're right, like he's just sitting there making logos like a nerd. Oh, he's a nerd. Yeah. Oh my god, he's a he's a total nerd. Um, and then, then, then. Lex has Martha Kent kidnapped. Lois is brought to him. He's all like, to him, hum, him. He's all doing his weird riddle dialogue where he's all like, lay low in the morning. Lola and Slacks. Lois Lane. And then he just like pitches her off a building because he knows Superman's going to catch her. He goes on like this whole like, this whole diatribe of like what it means to be God and how God is subjective and called different names to, you know, for a, for a respective tribe because God is tribal, Katie. God chooses sides. No man in the sky saved him from daddy's fists and abominations. He learned long ago that if God is all powerful, he cannot be all good. And if God is all good, then he cannot be all powerful. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's got Martha Kent at flamethrower point, just like throwing pictures at Superman of Martha like with like her mouth bound with like witch written on her forehead. Like mm-hmm. he's got, and, and the only way he's got, he's got the God Superman bending to his will, literally at a knee in front of him. Because like, what's the one way to take down soups? You'd think it'd be Lois. They hint at it a lot that it'd be Lois, but it's actually his mom, Martha. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Every boy's special lady is his mom or whatever that yeah. weird line is. And he sort of proves his point. He, the whole point, the whole reason for it, like if, if he's successful in this, which he almost is, like he his whole idea that God is tribal and God chooses sides and he's God is selfish and does things for his own gain is true in that regard. Like Superman does in fact cross the bay to bring him Batman's head. Like I mean, like I know Superman's has the intention of like talking Clark or Bruce out of it, but he does fully go with the plan and like Clark does cross the bay over to Gotham and bends to Lex Luthor's will simply because uh, Luthor has his mom kidnapped by KG Beast, the villain of the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and let, let's, and I think that you're leading up to, of course, one of the most infamous points of this movie. What's that? The mother revelation. Oh, God. I am very close to it. Okay. I'm very close to it. I'm, I'm going to wrap up this Lex thing real fast. Okay. So okay. after that, after that, Lex takes the body of Zod and he's all like, okay, well, if Batman and Superman aren't going to kill each other, if God won't, if what is it? If God won't, if man won't kill God, then the devil will do it. And then he just like creates this like weird abomination, Superman's doomsday, at, like with blood of his own blood. And it's like a creature made specifically to kill Kal-El. Yes, Lex by himself with nobody else's help, save for Kryptonian knowledge of a hundred thousand species, like creates this horrid horrid creature that's gonna take down superman and just like unkillable by nuclear weapon like abomination just smashing through the streets of uh metropolis and then gotham then we all end up with uh lex fi- you know lex finally does lose and he gets taken in but even still like even still he kind of gets in batman's head like he- lex has get- his head shaved he's against a prison wall and like he's uh batman's all like yo whatever you do i'm gonna know about it and he just like stands up to me he's just like yo dude the bell's been rung ding dong god's dead like yeah, i won fuck you that he just goes ding 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 and then he's just like um okay and bruce just like but he does freak him out because he like gets the poker and it seems like he's gonna like smash it in his face i would guess but instead he goes for the wall, which is pretty effective. And then he just Batman's on out of there as he is wont to do. He does do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have, I have like three, I think I have three more things to talk about in a short period of time. I want to talk okay. about, I want to talk about um, the gladiator fight. Is it, is it what it's cracked up to be when they finally do duke it out? I remember when civil war came out, everybody's like the airport scene is th- that's lame. And like, yada, yada. But like when they meet, when they meet in the, at the port of Gotham and Batman's in his awesome Frank Miller, dark Knight return suit. And he's all like, here I am. And he's got like, you know, you know what I mean? After he's stolen Lex's kryptonite, like Lex knew mm-hmm. he would do because Lex is a chess master. But, uh, <laughs> um, is the fight worthy? Like, is the fight worth waiting almost two hours for? Like, God, no. do you think it's good? Like I'll admit, no. I'll admit there's things that what I like about it is like <laughs> Batman's got like, he's got the place uh, rigged up like home alone style. Like that is <laughs> like, it is, he is a Batman is Macaulay Culkin in home alone in that movie. Like, because like, e- like every step he takes, like Superman takes the one step and then it's just like the sound barriers. And then he takes like another step and then it's like the guns. And then he takes like another step and it's like the kryptonite bomb. And then it's like, he's rigged it through like three floors to where the time, by the time they finally get the fight to the basement, like apparently Batman knows they will. That's where he's got this kryptonite spear, which 
it's weird that it's a kryptonite spear, but we get a line of we get a lot of exposition about it in a very pensive yeah. moment in like Wayne Mansion where he's all like, My my family, they were they were hunters, Alfred. This is uh this is my legacy. It's like I don't know if it is. <laughs> I, I, I more like Batman's superpower aside from money is just his anal retentiveness. Like that's his main thing. And isn't and isn't the whole basis of this movie like daddy issues? Like yeah. oh, Lex, yeah. daddy issues, bad. Batman, daddy issues, and like a complex, bad. Like Clark. But he does have a positive father figure in Alfred. I mean, kind of. Totally. Again, at your point, they're both totally alcoholic. Alfred's, oh yeah, Alfred's an enabler, but he is in every iteration, so you know that's that's nothing new. But like yeah, even but Clark. Batman, excuse me, Superman. Uh, like. You would say daddy issues? Not daddy issues. I think Superman is the one where he, he's not a daddy issue in that, like, my dad was a bad father or I lost my dad. Well, he did lose his dad. I mean, his dad did die because of yeah. him. So he's, he, he, you know, uh, carries the guilt of that. But he's got the daddy issues in that, like, my dad just wanted to live a simple life in Kansas. And, yeah. you know, like, why can't I do that? Like, why am I not allowed to just live like a person? Why do I have to be just steeped with glorious purpose just because I'm from somewhere else? I just want to be a man. I just want to have Lois and be my have her be my wife. And, like, I just want to be a journalist. And I just I don't want to have to save the world. Like, why is this pressure all on me? And that's an angle sorely under, like, developed or like looked into in this film because we don't have time because the studio is telling you we have to have a thumb drive with the justice league set up and we need wonder woman to be in this movie for some god unknown reason and while i love her and while i love her in the movie it just like we didn't need it it, it, it takes no. away from the main narrative um he just wants to be a man and that's something i thought snyder did well in in, in man of steel is just that like he's the only person I've ever seen like that was able to make Superman relatable to me. I didn't, I never gave a shit about Superman until Man of Steel. And then I went back and watched Smallville. And then I went back and like tried to like dig into the lore a little because Superman is kind of boring. Like when you think about it, it's like, Oh, this all powerful, infallible, big blue boy scout. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but the fact Mm -hmm. that like he just wants to live and not have the pressure of the entire universe on his shoulders. Like, my God, I can relate to that. Um, you know, well, like, like, you're speaking to a very interesting point that the movie is all about daddy issues, but really what ends up resolving it, and I'm going to bring it right back, is sure. the mother revelation that both their moms let's are named it. Martha. Okay, let's so do it. So why do you think they went that route if it's, to your point, all about daddy issues? Do you want to know why, uh, in my why? opinion? So I think they wanted to have that, they felt, so Chris Terrio or Terrio or Terrio or however the hell, do that road Argo, let's just call him that. And like David okay. S. Goyer, like, they do some weird shit in the script, but like, the rosebud moment like like it's so weird that the whole like mom and dad thomas and martha wayne getting shot is like um is like uh in silence and then you just have the martha and i'm like well that's gonna come back because every every movie since citizen kane has been like sort of doing that a little bit you know what i mean like it's the most it's kind of it's kind of the douchiest like thing they could have done (laughs) um uh but i i i maintain that if I'm like those dudes in the like in a in a de- at a desk and I break story and I go, did anybody ever realize that Martha Wayne and Martha Kent have the same name? I would have freaked out. I would have felt like a genius and like maybe with a few more drafts like, that could have made it. We're gonna go to happy hour. That oh kind of thing. yeah, I'm like fuck this guys, movie's done and like uh, <laughs> like I would have felt like a genius. But like, you know, if that is the big like revelation, 
you're maybe a couple drafts away from making it work organically. Like instead you just have like Bruce, like we watch Bruce for two hours and 15 minutes. Well, like, like two hours and 10 minutes get like hell bent on killing Clark, like hell bent on killing uh Superman, this alien. And while I get it, I, I think it, it works enough for me, not for everybody, obviously that like, you know, save Martha. And he's all like, why did you say that name? And he's all like, okay, I realize now that this, he's not just, you know, a God, he is a man and he has a mother just like me. And I didn't, I didn't get to have my mother. So like I can help save this guy's mother. The problem with it is like, yeah, it's a beautiful idea, but the problem is with, he's off the rails, like ready to murder him. Like, I don't understand how like fast you can just change. And then he's all like, no, let me go save your mom. And he's like, he's like, I promise you, Martha won't die tonight. And then like, yeah, I'm in the theater crying my eyes out watching it for the fourth time. But like as a, as a critic, after I've watched it probably like over 20 times, I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, just because like, it, it just isn't enough. It, it works. I mean, that moment never works. It won't work. I'm sorry. But if you end the movie on them teaming up and taking down Lex and that's the film, it still is a pretty solid through line, you know? But the problem is we get into that weird act structure. I mean, Katie, we've said it since the jump. There's two third acts of this movie. Like, yeah, and what happens in the second third act? The second third act is the 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 doomsday, the <laughs> the Superman, <laughs> Superman... And low, there's a really, it's a really convoluted, like the monster's born, then Clark fights it, and then he takes it up into space, and then it gets nuked, and they both get nuked, and then the monster's radioactive now and falls to Earth, and Superman's like destroyed until Yellow Sun turns in the sky and gives him back his strength, and then, you know, then they're chasing, they, they're fighting this thing with Batman and Wonder Woman, but then they need the spear because the kryptonite will kill a kryptonite or a Kryptonian creature, but that's all the way back at the port of Gotham, and so they have to have the creature chase him back, and then Lois has got to find the spear, and then she almost drowns finding the, it's, it's horrible, and then Clark dips from the fight to save her, and whatever. Like, it's a whole convoluted mess. It's just like a second, third act to be like, well, we have to have a big monster fight. I mean... Well, it seems to me like they were like, we can't have him actually kill Superman, right. so we have to go through like this weird kind of roundabout way of like absolving Batman, right. wouldn't you say? Oh, totally. And they're like, well, maybe he hasn't been a horrible person this whole movie, which he has been. Off the rails, horrible. <laughs> like, he's off the rails, horrible. Lex is off the rail, off the rails, horrible. And then, uh, Superman is passive. He's a passive character in this movie. Would you agree? Yeah. Like, what totally. is this? What is he doing in this movie? He's just reacting. Yeah, we didn't even talk about him. No, exactly. Like, like, that's how- like uninteresting exactly. he is this whole thing. And it's, you know, if I go in to pitch this movie after Man of Steel, I say, all right, let's make Man of Steel 2. Like, I, and not in a million years do I say, what about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice? Like, <laughs> And Batman's the first name in the right. thing. Even oh, yeah. supposed to be Superman's movie. Oh, yeah. But you know what? That's exactly why I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because what the fuck like i am like it's like it's like remember those like Le- lebron james like uh like mottos and sayings and billboards like we're all witnesses like i'm just happy i got to witness this movie happen because <laughs> they steered away from it hard like wonder woman is a good movie but even even with the even with the third act like fall off where it gets kind of weird in a monster fight but that's a solid movie and it sort of went more for the marvel model but and then justice league is like the most cookie cutter dog shit like let's try to be the Kmart Avengers like even though Batman just had you know Superman laid out on a slab ready to stab him through the chest with a kryptonite spear like a movie ago uh now we're all buddies and he's cracking jokes and everything's fine like you know but this movie is just so you know bad good 
whatever you want to call it, indifferent. This movie is unique. It's different. It's unique. Yeah. It's different. That's what you like about oh, it. Oh, God. It's just like... That's your whole thesis, is that you. like this is at least a unique movie. Thank you for doing something weird, Zach. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for d- deciding that, like, you know what? I can make Dark Knight Returns and Death of Superman in one movie. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for everything you've done for me. Thank you, Kal-El, for saving every one of us uh, that day. Getting gored through the chest, by the way. That chest wound... Like yeah. through the S is like disgusting. Like <laughs> it is so gross. Like the shot of like uh, Wonder Woman and uh, uh, Batman standing idly to the side while like Lois cradles Superman's gored body will like haunt me forever. I want somebody to paint it on a wall <laughs> for me just so I can like, just so I can see it and be reminded of like how truly precious like, life is. You're like, huh? Yeah, like life is precious. Like Superman can get killed. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to talk about about this movie um, is actually my favorite uh, through line of the movie. Uh, okay. And that is dream sequences. Um, mm-hmm. So we open, like, there's a, by my estimation, there's five, I think. So, which is far too many for any film. I mean, like, screenwriting 101, like, when I first started, when we, when we started at DePaul, they were like, Hey, so you don't start with a character waking up, and we're not big on dream sequences. Also, don't do voiceover if you can help it. And the opening of Batman v Superman <laughs> does like all three. It's like a voiceover of a character in a dream. Like then he wakes. It's 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 you know they, and a flashback and a flashback. They don't follow the rules. So we have the first one where you know the funeral fall, where like we're mashing up the funeral with Joe Chill murdering his parents, and he falls through, and like the bats are everywhere, and like the pearls from his mother fall through the sewer, and then they're like on the ground with him uh, when he falls through, uh, and the bats like scare him, yada yada. We've seen it a hundred times, and uh, you know then the, then he flies into the sky with the bats, and he's all in my dream, they took me to the light, <laughs> a beautiful lie. <laughs> um, but then the next one we have Bruce is visiting the tomb of his parents yet again and like the black blood like seeps through like the the gravestones and like a weird bat mm-hmm. devil creature attacks and like wakes and you know it's so fucked up. And then he gets the drive from Wonder Woman and puts it in his computer and we cut to the best scene in the movie. And I will corollary or not correlate but like disclaimer it is a problem that this is the best scene in the movie, but it's the nightmare Batman sequence. Like where You love the scene. Oh my god. God, like we've got, I never, I never knew I wanted Batman in a duster and like goggles until I got it. And I was like, holy shit, what movie am I watching? Like, this is so weird. Uh, like he's, he's fighting, he's like fighting Superman soldiers and he's getting duped out of kryptonite and parademons are knocking him out. He kills so many people in that scene. Like he's all like, when he realized the deal goes bad, he's all like, no. And then he's just like killing people, hacking legs with guns, punching people in the chest, snapping a dude's neck. Like even as a parademon comes up and like is about to knock him out, he breaks a dude's neck. <laughs> like it is so fucked up. Uh, it's, but it's, but it's, it's dope. And then he wakes up to like injustice flash, like Bruce, it, it's Lois Lane. She's the key to everything. Ah, Clark is evil. Ah. Like, you know what I mean? And then he wakes up and that's where I get confused again, where they seep over the like papers flying everywhere. And it's like, is it a dream or reality? Nobody knows. Cause this movie's batshit fucking nonsense. <laughs> but then the final dream, well, the final dream from Batman is like, or no, that's the final dream where he wakes up and he's like, I want to go to war. And that's when he does it. You know what I mean? But yeah. the final thing is Clark's vision quest through the mountains um, where like Clark gets a dream sequence. One of the only scenes where Clark gets to do anything. Um, <laughs> and he's like vision questing through the mountains and like Paul Kent tells that like 
bleak story, like so depressing where he was just like, yeah, there was water, water flooding our farm when I was 12 and we took a bunch of buckets and we sent all the, you know, we got it away and our, our farm stood and it's like, I was a hero and my grandma made me a hero cake, but found out later that our water went upstream and washed away the entire Lang farm. And, you know, I drowned all their horses where they stood and I used to hear their screams in my sleep. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Like, okay. He's like, what I'm Thanks, saying Dad. is, and he's all like, hey, yeah. it's good to see you since I didn't stop you from dying in that tornado. Um, thank you for that. Uh, so did you ever hear, did you ever, uh, did the wailing of the horses ever stop? And he's like, yeah, when I met your mom. Dun, 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 And then it cues How I Met Your Mother theme song. Um, so then that's like another, that's like the third time where it's like, yeah, she was my world. Like, uh, she's my world. And like Lois was like Clark's world. And do you guys get it? And it's sort of like a thrilling that doesn't hold up. Um, but aside, but you from, still enjoy it. Oh my god, of course I do. And aside from the dream sequence, like, like I said, we never. Aside from the dream sequence of them in the nightmare scene, like they never see each other in costume until an hour in. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's really something. Here's what I will say: if you don't like the theatrical version, the ultimate edition that came out, which we're not talking about because that's a whole other hour-long podcast, is <laughs> like it's not going to change your mind but things will make a bit more sense. There's a lot of like added stuff. Like the first 30 minutes of that movie are so brutally chopped up in the theatrical version. I noticed when rewatching it that like, it's just so weird. Like nothing makes sense for like 30 minutes at least in that film. And then even still, once you're on the rails, like it's a tough movie to follow. Um, you know, there's a lot, like I could, I could list all the differences in the ultimate edition, but like I said, we'd be here a lot longer. Um, so what? I would say that if you were at all like kind of curious about this movie, like you didn't see it and you just didn't see it because you heard it was bad right. as somebody who didn't like it and still is kind of like, it's not good, but I still enjoy it. I would say, give it a chance. There's totally. still something there. I'm totally with Luke in that at least they did something unique and different. And you know, if you have to make a drinking game out of it, totally. And like, and like, I guess that's like sort of my final thoughts. And like, that's going to be the thesis of bad movie brunch as we move forward. Like, you know what? If you, you don't like a movie, you, if you do like a movie, be able to defend it, be able to say why you don't like it. Don't just hate something blindly and look past just like what, look past what you hear and look past what you see and like maybe try to dig in and try to find value in the art. Like people worked very hard to make this. And, you know, sometimes you end up with this like soulless nonsense like Justice League, but sometimes you can sift through all these weird studio calls and find like a beautiful beautiful love letter to like comics and comic book characters through the through the through the very cgi world of Zack snyder like <laughs> very cgi world in closing and, jay, oh no go ahead go ahead go ahead oh no 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 sorry you go no no i just wanted to bring up one more point is like jay baruchel once defended this movie as the world's most expensive indie film and <laughs> i i couldn't i couldn't agree more this movie does things that studio flicks that comic book fit flicks that like you know Movies that actually make money don't do. And let's keep in mind, this movie made almost a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Ugh. And it was the first time that Bill Finger got um, credit. his credit for, for, for co-creating Batman. For that alone, it deserves our praise. What was your thing before we go? Oh, I was just going to say uh, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I really look forward to doing this more with you, Luke. Yeah. And uh, next week, we'll be diving into my kind of BBS the movie that I love, but like not many other people are with me on. And that's Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. Get ready for some Max Landis. Get ready for some love and hate for Victor Frankenstein. Um, I also want to thank Tom Hush 
for hooking us up and helping produce our podcast. Shout out to him and Connor at NoCo Cinema. Check them out. They rock. And um, I love Batman v Superman. Zack Snyder is God. I've been Luke Taylor. <laughs> I've been Katie Gertzinger. Have a good one, guys. Bye.